0: Welcome, Zaslow Show 2.0, it is a Tuesday, the 19th of December. Good to have you aboard, part of the Believe Podcast Network, and presented as always by Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-7473, 800-7473-733, title sponsor everything, Zaslow Show 2.0, if you're involved in any kind of an accident, hit and run, slip and fall, Whatever it was, if it wasn't your fault, you're dealing with a personal injury, first you call 911, then you get compensated. You let Anna and Levine accident attorneys put their skills to work for you. 800-747-FREE. 800-747-3733. It is Tuesday, which means we are done with week 15 of the NFL. Can you believe that? Week 15, we had three more weeks left. That's it. And then it's the postseason. We've finally gotten officially... To the part of the schedule where we're going to find out. I do think we found out about our favorite little football team this week. We found out as far as I felt this was a high character team. I think you saw a high character response. Yes, the Jets are putrid, but the way the Dolphins were able to respond and bounce back from an embarrassment on Monday night at home against Tennessee. I do think you found out a little bit about your favorite little football team. So a high character win on, on Sunday, and now we're really going to find out what this team is made of as far as the competition goes. He had a bit of a tough part of the schedule early on. Then it got easy, and now definitely toughest schedule remaining in the NFL. Dallas, 10 wins. Baltimore, 10 wins. uh, 10 or 11 wins. Let me check. Hold on a second. Baltimore has 11 wins. So Dallas, 10 wins. Baltimore 11 wins, Buffalo 8 wins, but it, it is still looking likely that that game's going to be for the AFC East. Look, there's so much going on right now. All the major sports are in action. College football playoffs are coming next week. Bet online is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info, including news from pro football, the NBA, upcoming fights, UFC, WWE, NHL games. Head to the website today. Get in on the action. See all the updated odds for the week. Remember to use our promo code BLEAV to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Alright, so got a fun show today. It's Tuesday, which means we got to update our Zaslow Show 2.0 power rankings. Everybody knows I love a good power ranking. So we got that coming up. Alright, also... We're going to do Twitter Jam. Twitter Jam usually on the Dolphins. Will today's Twitter Jam be on the Dolphins? No spoilers, all right? But it's usually on the Dolphins. I could tell you that. We'll start, though, uh, last night. Not not a fun night. I have enjoyed, by the way, I've enjoyed being able to There haven't been very many games this year, I feel, where I've been able to sit back and relax and just watch the Heat. And we've been able to do that recently because, yeah, even though the Heat and Panthers are still always playing on the same night. At least it's the Heat are playing at their normal time, and the Panthers are on the West Coast playing either at 9.30 like last night because they were in Alberta, or playing at 10 p.m. like they were earlier in the week, Vancouver and Seattle. So you got the Heat game. Panther game starts right before the Heat game ends. We had Monday night football going on last night. I have not watched all of Monday Night Raw yet. I watched a little bit of it last night after the panther game ended so i got i got like an hour into monday night raw but otherwise a lot was happening last night and so both lost double dick punch we're all sore but what ended up happening last night so you you had a you had a good performance from the heat you were excited that tyler hero's back you're excited that bam had a back the heat lose 112 108 <laughs> and uh, a terrible second half offensively look that's the number one defense in the NBA, Minnesota. It seems like it took them a year to figure it out with the two twin towers, Towns and Gobert, which if I could tell you, I can't stand Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns. Carl Anthony Towns, for a big man, I feel like he plays so soft. He's like a finesse big man. I'm not a fan. I don't think he, you could win with him as your best guy. Luckily for Minnesota, Carl Anthony Towns is not their best guy. Anthony Edwards is their best guy. And Edwards had a pretty big fourth quarter. I think he had 10 in the fourth quarter. The Heat, uh, major offensive lull early on in the fourth quarter. I can't stand Towns. You can win with him as your second best guy. And you're seeing the Wolves. They're 20-5. and five. So even though the Heat, it's a disappointing loss last night because, like, they're 15-12, the Heat, which is good considering the injuries, considering all the road games. But it's frustrating because they haven't been able to, you know, they got up to the 1-4 and four start, and then they won 7, 8 in a row, whatever it was. I think it was 8 in a row. But it wasn't good competition. And we haven't seen them get, the, like, put together several real good wins in a row. And last night would have went a long way toward that because, like we said, Minnesota, Minnesota's now swept the two-game season series from the Heat. And Minnesota, 20-5, and second-best record in the NBA, plus – You were up double digits. Now, we know what a double-digit lead is in the NBA series, but you were up double digits on them for a majority of the first half. I think they were up by 12 at halftime, late third quarter, early fourth quarter. And this is the part that surprised me last night. Look, Jimmy can't play the whole game, but you got to find a way for Jimmy to play more than four minutes in the fourth quarter. And I understand they wanted to get him in. There wasn't a whistle. Here's the part when it comes to, you know, rest and players... Not playing, you know, limiting their minutes. Let's say Jimmy got to the scores table at 6. And they weren't able to get him in until a little more than 4. Which I think was the case yesterday. So they wanted to get him in at 6, let's say. What would happen if you got him in at 8? Like, what actually happens if he plays 2 more minutes? Do we wind up looking back a few weeks from now and we're like, Holy shit. Remember that game against Minnesota where instead of playing X amount of minutes to be played two extra minutes in a tight game against a really good team? Not to mention, the Heat didn't play on Sunday. They're not playing today. I just... I think we're, we're just across that sport. We're so rigid when it comes to how many minutes these guys are playing. It's an extra... Like, if they wanted to get a minute six... What would happen if they got him in at an eight? And so we know that Jimmy normally rests at the beginning of the fourth quarter. And fourth quarter's been a problem for the Heat this year. But the part that should have been corrected last night was, okay, you got, it just like Jimmy, your best shot maker, your best difficult shot maker, your best shot creator, who is back in the lineup in Tyler Hero. At the start of the fourth quarter... You can't be sitting Tyler and Jimmy. One of them has to be in. Like Tyler came back in, I think, around eight. One of them has to be in the game at all times. And I would especially say in the fourth quarter, one of them has to be in the game at all times. So that part there, and you know, I'm, I'm rarely critical of Eric Spolstra. And a lot of it is because, look, we, we, we don't have all the information, right? I mean, maybe there's a reason why they were sitting in the fourth quarter, early in the fourth quarter, both of them were sitting up. We don't have all the information. That's why I'm always hesitant to be critical of coaches. And besides, I love Eric Spolsha, the best coach in the NBA. One of the all-time great coaches. But here's the thing. I, I I, don't I don't see it. Going forward, we'll find out going forward. I don't see a scenario where you could have Tyler, unless we're talking about fouls, Tyler and Jimmy not in the game at the same time especially in the fourth quarter, and especially when the fourth quarter has been a problem this year. So another close game, and, you know, look, Anthony Edwards made the plays. I didn't like Jimmy's shot that he took with 21 seconds left. The Heat fell back behind three. Big shots, Josh Richardson. Big shots, Duncan Robinson in the fourth quarter. I Jimmy had a chance to tie when the Heat were down by three. And by the way, I mean, the guys the Heat were putting on the free throw line, Gobert and, and I think Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Terrible free throw shooters. They go four for four down the stretch. But the Heat down by three with a chance to tie. 21 seconds left. Jimmy taking the three there. Did not like that shot at all. It was in his spot. But we know Jimmy's best with that three-point shot when it's kind of a set shot. And it's it's relaxed. Otherwise, I would have I would have taken a two at that point. 21 seconds remaining. Go for two. But for that three-point shot and right away with so much time left, didn't love it. Didn't love it. So, Hero with 25 in his return. He was awesome. Uh, Jimmy just 15, 5, and 5. He was 5 for 12. He was not awesome. And Bam. Bam, 22 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists, 10 for 22 from the floor. I thought Bam was fantastic last night. That may surprise you to hear me say that. I think he was fantastic last night because it shows the growth from last year to this year where we know in the past... Bam has always either had trouble with or mostly shied away from going at the centers who are bigger than him. Guys like Gobert, who is so much bigger than Bam. Bam was going at him. I mean, he got shot blocked a couple times during the fourth quarter, but Bam was going at him. Like, Bam knows he is a major offensive weapon. Go with that big French stiff. So I really liked Bam's game, and he was still able to get baskets in the fourth quarter. He played super hard, he was super aggressive, and he went at that guy. So, I I liked Bam's game a lot last night. But what it boils down to is, I I don't see how you could have Tyler and Jimmy both sitting at the same time for any amount of time in the fourth quarter. That part part you don't love. That part, I'm interested in what's going to happen next game. And next game for them is Wednesday at Orlando. Will that be the same thing? Or do we make an adjustment there to kind of help our fourth quarter woes? Because Orlando's good. And by the way, should also mention this. No Kyle Lowry yesterday. And that's a good thing. No Kyle Lowry yesterday. So I told you, Hero should be starting over Lowry. Now you got to see that last night. The timing is great for Lowry to be out. And for Hero and Bam to return. So last night you had Hero, Butler, Martin, Love, At a bio, And you got to have Love there because you're going up against those Twin Towers. Okay, fine. For me personally, I would have Robinson in the starting lineup instead of Love. But you can make the adjustment based on the size. And Robinson was terrific off the bench last night. Love was great. Nine points and ten rebounds. So that was your starting lineup last night. And, like, that's what I'm talking about there. I love that starting lineup. And then your bench last night was Robinson, Hawkes Jr., Highsmith, Josh Richardson. Richardson also great game last night. Big three pointer off the bench in the fourth quarter. So here's the thing. I like this team so much better. Minus Kyle Lowry, like last night. And look, yeah, they blew it in the fourth quarter. There's no shame to losing that Minnesota team. They're twenty and five. They're twenty and five for a reason. I like this team so much better without Kyle Lowry. They just replaced him in the starting lineup with a guy who scored twenty five. After having not played the last five or six weeks. And the four wing players off the bench. Robinson, Hawkes Jr., Richardson, Highsmith. Which one of those guys shouldn't play? So that Lowry does. Like how can anyone make the case. That Lowry should play over any of those guys. Or that Lowry should start over Tyler Hero. And I don't know what coach is going to do about that moving forward. Because I certainly don't see Lowry getting DNPs. But this seems better without him. I don't want Lowry playing over any of those guys I just mentioned. So, I really dug the starting lineup that the Heat went with last night. Uh, I'm interested what's going to happen when Lowry comes back. I mean, do you, if, if, you, if you put Lowry back in the starting lineup and you remove Love, you're really small. And that defensive backcourt, just not good. Now, Robinson, it's not like defensively you'd be great if when if it's Robinson instead of Love some nights, but at least without Lowry, and I know Lowry's been shooting the three well this year, when he decides to shoot. Some games he, he doesn't even shoot. I want Robinson there to spread the floor. And of course, then Lowry can get some minutes off the bench, leading that second unit, even though Josh Richardson has done a really nice job, but... I, I don't know how you go back to Lowry in the starting lineup. Especially last night. Look, best defensive team in the league, Minnesota. He were great offensively last night. Especially in the first half. What, they scored 66? I think it was in the first half. So, I'm interested in what it's going to look like. A, the fourth quarter in Orlando tomorrow night. And B, whenever Lowry comes back, which is probably soon. I, I don't need to see him back in that starting lineup. I'm sorry. And so then... And so then after the heat game ends, now we put on the Panthers. Panthers lose last night 3-1. Lone goal came from Sam Reinhardt, 18th or 19th goal of the year. What a season he's having. That tied the game at one. Panthers give up uh, a shorthanded goal early in the third. Super annoying. Look, and the Pan- Panthers outplayed him the last half of the first period, the entire second period, third period. The Flames really outplayed the Panthers, especially getting that shorthanded goal. And then the Panthers had a six on four power play with the goalie pulled and they wind up giving up an empty net goal. A terrible job in the third period from the Panthers. So they're back home now Thursday night against St. Louis this Saturday afternoon, Vegas Stanley Cup finals rematch. So Panthers coming back home after a two and three road trip. They got just four out of a possible 10 points on the trip. Not a good road trip. And of course, it included them get shut out a couple of times, but I want to go back to the heat. Well, it's not the heat. Go back to the heat game, essentially. Anthony Edwards, I like Anthony Edwards a lot. Great player, and I feel like he's a good enough dude. You know, I like the personality, but you got a situation here with Anthony Edwards. So, yeah, and I think this came out yesterday. So this is from the New York Post, right? Minnesota Timberwolves star Anthony Edwards posted a statement on social media after a woman accused him of impregnating her and then offering her $100,000 to get an abortion. Paige Jorday, who is said to be an Instagram model, Instagram models, who is said to be an Instagram model, posted alleged text messages between her and 22-year-old Edwards in which uh, she claimed he wrote, get an abortion, LOL, I will send you money to help you out, uh, other stuff, just take the pills. Make sure I get the video of the box with the right pills. And she also screenshotted and posted uh, a bank statement, a a pending wire transfer of $100,000. And so this is now a a whole to-do because... Now look, this is complicated. Anthony Edwards, he impregnated this girl. Allegedly, he impregnated this girl. He wants her to get an abortion. Now on the surface, there's nothing wrong with any of that. Like, Anthony Edwards is allowed to tell her to get an abortion. Ed- Anthony Edwards is allowed to say, I don't want to have a child or I don't want to have a child with you. Yeah, we we, we we fooled around. This happened, that happened. We weren't careful. I don't want to have a child. He, On the surface, like, is it is it scummy that he slept with this girl, no protection or what have you, and Okay, if she gets pregnant, fine, I'll just give her money, tell her to have an abortion. You know, uh, she has to have the operation, not me. Who cares? Like, yeah, it's scummy. But on the surface, is he doing anything wrong? I mean, depending on your morals, sure. But is he doing anything wrong? Not really. Uh, The girl, on the other hand, she's not innocent. You know, morally is what I'm saying. You know, uh, these guys, let's let's not pretend that these 22-year-olds... 22-year-old star athletes who everybody knows how much money they make that they're traveling all around the country and there are girls in every city trying to sleep with these guys, maybe get pregnant, and then you can get a payoff. Or you keep the baby and then you get, okay, you get, you get a baby, the love of your life, and you also get, uh, uh, you know, child support checks, massive child support checks. You know, that's a... It's a very cynical way of looking at it, but it's also the truth. You know that happens. You know these, you know, some of these girls, these Instagram models, they're going to pounce on these guys. Now, it doesn't excuse poor behavior from the guys, from guys like Anthony Edwards, but there's two sides to this. He's certainly not innocent. She's certainly not innocent. I hate the whole, we're posting this online. We're going to shame or embarrass him into giving me money or what have you. Hate that whole part. Like, he's not innocent to be sure. She's not innocent, to be sure. Fact of the matter is, both of them should probably be careful. He should definitely be careful, because girls are trying to trap NBA stars, athletes, all the time. And she should be careful, unless she doesn't want to be careful. Unless that is, you know, what's happening there. So there's there's essentially blame to go around both sides. But on the surface right here, Anthony Edwards, he's allowed to not want to have that baby with her. He's allowed to tell her, I, I, I'd like you to have an abortion, as long as he's not forcing her. And he's certainly allowed to wire transfer her $100,000 and offer to pay for it. Like, on the surface here, nothing wrong has happened. And, you know, d- depending on your morals. But here's where things got weird. And this is the part, actually, that bothers me. Anthony Edwards put out a statement yesterday. I made comments in the heat of a moment that are not me and that are not aligned with what I believe and who I want to be as a man. All women should be supported and empowered to make their own decisions about their bodies and what is best for them. I am handling my personal matters privately and will not be commenting on them any further at this time. Well, the, the last part there is smart because this way, you know, there's no need to ask him any questions if you're the media. He just said he's not talking about it anymore. So that part's smart. But... I don't know why he had to release a statement. He hasn't done anything wrong. Maybe, like I said, maybe morally you don't like what, he's, what he said to her. But he hasn't done anything wrong. I don't know why he needed to release a statement. And the statement, I have a problem with the statement because this is not the first time. Ta- now, Anthony Edwards making comments in the heat of the moment. Also in this heat of the moment... He had enough time in the moment to wire $100,000 to her. So making comments in the heat of the moment, not really buying that part. The second part, and this really bothers me, I made these comments. They are not aligned with what I believe and who I want to be as a man. If they're not aligned with what you believe, telling a woman to have an abortion, and I listen, I'm not making this into a pro-choice or... Pro-life debate here. But telling a woman to have an abortion and kill a fetus, again, whatever you believe on one side or the other, if that's not aligned with what you believe, it's a pretty serious thing to be on the opposite side of your beliefs about. Like, if he's saying that he believes that he is pro-life, because that's what it sounds like. He's saying, uh, you know, these comments are not aligned with what I believe. Well then why would you tell a woman to kill a fetus if that's not what you believe? So that's obviously, so that's bullshit. You can't take what he says seriously there. And the all woman should be, again, this is not a conversation as far as my opinion or your opinion. I'm just saying, if Anthony Edwards, if you're saying or your actions are not what you actually believe, this is a pretty serious incident or a pretty serious event to decide to go against your beliefs. Is what I'm saying. We're talking about life and death. Pretty serious to go against what you actually believe. When those are the stakes. And then the whole. All women should be supported and empowered. In making their own decision about their bodies. And what is best for them. Well if that's what you believe. Which you should. But if that's what you believe. what Then, then your actions need to be that as well. And then it's the whole. You know. These are, this is not aligned with what I believe. This is not who I am. This is several times now that Anthony Edwards has done that mea culpa. You remember, what was it at the start of last season where there was video? He was taking video like in the car, he's having fun with his friends or whatever, and he started yelling at some guys on the street. He was calling them a faggot, right? He was calling them homophobic slurs. That obviously, like it was Instagram Live or something, you know. And I'm sorry if saying that word offended anyone. Uh, and people got upset, obviously, because like, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? And he did the whole. This doesn't align with what I believe. I'm not that type of person. Listen, eventually, you do things and say things. That is who you are. Like I've, I've never had to. I've never had to say. And I talk on. I talk in front of you for hours every day. For going on almost 20 years now, I've never said something that isn't who I am. If I say it, it's it's like that. I don't use that word. Well, I, I used it because I do use that word. Or I did something. It's not who. Well, no, I did it because that is something I do. If there's something that I'm not, or it's not something I I say, that's not the type of person I am. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't say it. And this is now multiple times that Anthony Edwards has done or said something, and he comes back, w- back with, that's not the type of person I am. Well, it, it is, because you're doing it. And, and so again, that, that brings me back to the beginning, which is, I don't know why he had to release a statement. You know, on the surface, and the things that, like the statement he released should have just been, I'm handling my personal matters privately, I will not be commenting on this any further at this time. The rest of it, though, I don't know why he had to say anything about it. You may think that he's scummy for what the woman posted, but, he, he, based on your morals, is whether or not he did something wrong there. He didn't actually do anything wrong. You may not think he's a good person for what she's alleging he said in these text messages, or what we see in the text messages, but, I don't know why he needs to apologize or put out a statement to anyone other than her if he feels the need to even do that. So I thought the statement was silly, should never have put it out, and it makes him look a whole lot worse. You can't keep saying that the thing you said or the thing you did is not who you are. I'm pretty sure it is who you are if you're saying it or you're doing it. All right, I'll tell you who I am, though. I'm someone who wants you to get the best sleep of your life. And when we're we're talking about getting the best sleep of our lives, you know I'm obviously talking about Sheets and Giggles. That's right, SheetsGiggles.com, one of our great sponsors here on Zaslow Show 2.0. I love Sheets and Giggles because, look, besides that, look, right over there, a few feet away here, Zaslow Mansion Master Bedroom, that's where we have the Zaslow Mansion Studios, we're just a few feet away from my bed where all the magic happens. And on that bed, I got the sheets and giggles comforter. I got a eucalyptus pillow. I got the, the, the bed sheets, the blanket, the pillowcases. I sleep like a baby because I'm sleeping with the softest, coolest, most breathable sheets around. And if I told you that you can get 20% off your first order at sheetsgiggles.com. Would that be something you'd be interested in? Of course you would. Use promo code ZASLOW, Z-A-S-L-O-W, 20% off your first order at sheetsgiggles.com, and then every time you go back, My man Colin, the founder and CEO of Sheets and Giggles, he's always got all kinds of deals, all kinds of promos, all kinds of sales going on. SheetsGiggles.com. Make sure you're following him at SheetsGiggles on Twitter. SheetsGiggles.com. Get the best sleep of your life. You're going to become one of over 100,000 Americans sleeping on Sheets and Giggles and never turning back. SheetsGiggles.com. Promo code Zaslow. SheetsGiggles.com. Promo code Zaslow. So we'll get to Twitter Jam coming up. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, Twitter Jam's on the Dolphins. Come on, it's almost always on the Dolphins. We'll get to Twitter Jam coming up. But I do want to mention, so last night, Monday Night Football, a really good game. Had it on the small TV, you know how that goes. Had the Heat game, big TV, Monday Night Football, small TV. Then Panthers, big TV, Monday Night Football, small TV. The Eagles have lost three in a row, 10-4 and four now. They dropped to fifth in the NFC, Dallas in the two-spot. Eagles, though, very easy final three games, like the Giants, the Cardinals, and someone else shitty. So, they're probably going to finish 13-4. Jalen Hurts was sick playing last night. Two awful interceptions on their final two drives there. Mixed in between. You had the touchdown to uh, Jackson Smith, uh, Najigba, and and Drew Locke. Really cool moment for him last night. Seahawks crowd. You know about that 12th man? So, the Seahawks win 20-17. The Eagles feel like they're spiring, although the schedule is really easy to finish, but their defense gave up the big play after their defense gave up all the plays the last couple weeks, so you got some problems there in Philadelphia, even though right now they are one of, what are we talking here, Uh, six double-digit win teams already for them in the NFC, wow, just two in the AFC, Baltimore and Miami, one and two, 11 wins and 10 wins, but what I do want to talk about is, who is the MVP? Who's the MVP of this league? Because it, it it is as wide open an MVP race I could ever remember. Every single week, seemingly, there is a new candidate for MVP. And the reason is because there is not, it's, it's a quarterback award, right? But there's no singular quarterback who is standing out and just having a dominant season. You know, Patrick Mahomes was having a great year for like the first half of the year, but I was never on the Patrick Mahomes bandwagon for MVP this year because he's not having as good a year as he had last year when he won the MVP. And I have a hard time giving the award to a player again MVP when they're having not as good a season as they had last year and their team is certainly not as good. So scratch Mahomes off the list. Tua, all right, a couple weeks ago, I officially scratched two off the list because that game against Tennessee, if you're the MVP, you have to find a way to win that game. With the offensive line banged up, with Tyreek Hill banged up, you have to find a way to win that game if you're the MVP. So I crossed two off that list. CJ Stroud, he's been hurt the last couple weeks, didn't play this week. Stroud was in the conversation through the midway point of the season. Mainly because, well, A, the Texans have been such a massive surprise, and he's been fantastic. But also, that's a product of, there's no other runaway quarterback candidate that helped C.J. Stroud's candidacy. But now, he's fallen off the last few weeks. He's out. This week, I officially crossed Tyreek Hill off that list. Yep. Yep. Crossed Tyreek Hill off the list because... Since it's a quarterback award, Tyreek Hill's only avenue to winning the award, for me, was to get 2,000 yards. And maybe get 2,000 yards in 16 games. Well, getting it in 16 games, that means over the next two weeks, he needs over 500 yards. It's not happening. It's unlikely he's going to get 2,000 yards now for this season. I don't think Tyree Hill can win the award if he doesn't do something special, if he doesn't get the record. So I'm crossing top. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't think Tyree Hill's MVP. I do actually think he's the MVP. I'm talking about who has the best chance of winning it right now. And that's not Tyree Hill. He is not going to get it. He is not going to get the votes if he doesn't get $2,000. yards. i am telling you the way they're going to vote. He's not going to get it. Uh, and it's about, it's, 458 yards away, not exactly 500. Still very, very difficult. Now, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts' candidacy was dropping in a major way a couple weeks ago. And then, going into the Dallas game last week, if Dak Prescott went in there, well, the game was in Dallas. If the Cowboys beat the Eagles, and they did, they kicked the shit out of them, And if Prescott has a great game, he did, then I think Prescott jumps to the top of the MVP category. But this week, Prescott, terrible against the Bills. They score just 10 points. They get their ass kicked. It's almost like the Heisman. You can't have a game like that. So Prescott, he was the guy last week. I think he's now currently out. So who is the MVP this week? And the fact of the matter is, I think we have to give very serious consideration to Christian McCaffrey. Yep. Non-quarterback. Look, if you want to give Brock Purdy a lot of attention, he's right up there too. I think I think right at the top right now, it's Purdy and McCaffrey. And I would go McCaffrey the same way I'd go Tyreek Hill. Now, I'm not someone who thinks that, oh, Purdy's a product of San Francisco's system. Why couldn't Jimmy Garoppolo do that? Why couldn't Trey Lance do that? Why isn't anyone else doing what he's doing then? No, Brock Purdy's clearly really, really good. But Christian McCaffrey is the best offensive player on the team with the best, well, tied for the best record in the NFL. And McCaffrey right now has 1,300 yards uh, rushing. And he has 500 yards receiving. So 1,800 total yards, 20 total touchdowns, three games to play. McCaffrey and Purdy, right now, it's their MVP to lose with three games remaining. And being on the team with the best record in the NFC, tied for the best record overall, I do think that has to weigh heavily for voters. But you almost got to pick one of the two. Otherwise, they're going to split the vote, and the guy who's third is going to win that award. Right now, I lean toward McCaffrey. I think Brock Purdy should get very, very... Like, let Brock Purdy and... Chris McCaffrey, be one and two, put in whatever order you want. I think Brock Purdy gets very serious consideration. Brock Purdy right now, and he also had that stretch of a couple games where he was not good. But Brock Purdy right now, 69.8% completions, almost 3,800 yards, 29 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. Are the voters going to vote Mr. Irrelevant MVP? Now that should have nothing to do with the story. But that could be held a little bit against him because you may be weighing all those options. McCaffrey, Samuel, Ayuk, Kittle. Is that really why he's having all the success? I don't agree with that. But I could see the voters weighing heavily that factor. I think right now it's McCaffrey and Purdy. The interesting it changes every week. The interesting part is why aren't we talking about Lamar Jackson? Think about it. Why aren't we talking about Lamar Jackson? He's a former MVP. We know he's good enough to win the award. Lamar Jackson this year. And look, best record in the ASC. Tied for best record in the NFL. Lamar Jackson, 66.3% completions, which is a career high. 3,100 yards passing right now. His career high is 3,127. So he's only 22 yards away from a career high and yards passing. He's rushed for 741 yards. His MVP season, he ran for 1,200. He's not going to get that. But he's going to get close to 1,000. get close. He won't get 1,000. He's going to get close to 1,000. He has 17 touchdowns passing, 7 interceptions, 5 rushing. I think what holds Lamar Jackson back is that MVP year, he had 44 total touchdowns, 36 touchdowns passing. He only has 17 so far. He's on pace to get around, you know, what are we talking? Uh, He's on pace to get probably around 21 or 22 touchdowns passing, right? Probably not even, about 20 or 21 touchdowns passing. And I think what hurts him there is the same reason that I don't want to give it to Mahomes when he's not having... Like, when he won the MVP award last year, for instance, he's not having that season this year. So I don't want to give him the award when he's not as good statistically. And for Lamar Jackson, it's such a staunch drop-off from his MVP year. Now, that doesn't mean that he shouldn't win MVP this year. But I think that's probably what's in the back of people's minds, myself included, where, all right, Lamar Jackson is MVP. He did that. He's not doing that now. So how could he be MVP? And that's not fair to look at it like that. But I think that's probably what's happening a little bit. All right. Let's get to our Zaslo Show 2.0 power rankings. Yes. You know how we do it. Every Tuesday, we got to update the power rankings. I love a good power ranking. We count backwards from five to one for dramatic purposes. Here we go. Coming in at number five. Making their first appearance in the Zaslo Show 2.0 power rankings. Number 5, the Cleveland Browns. A win against Chicago, but overall, this could be the best defense in the NFL. And I am very impressed with the 9-5 Cleveland Browns doing what they're doing. A, without Deshaun Watson, and even with Deshaun Watson, with poor quarterback play. Cleveland Browns, number 5, previously unranked, Zaslow Show 2.0 power rankings. Number 4, after previously being dropped from the power rankings, they are back. And that's the Detroit Lions. The Lions with a dominant win over the Denver Broncos. The Lions come in at number four. They're 10 and 10-4 on the season. Number three, jumping up two spots. Your Miami Dolphins. That's right. The Dolphins dropped a five after the loss to Tennessee. They now kick the shit out of the Jets. They show you some character. The Dolphins have jumped two spots. They're number three in the Zaslow Show 2.0 power range. Number two, jumping up one spot. The Baltimore Ravens, tied for the best record in the NFL, number one in the ASC, a, re- a good win at Jacksonville. I wasn't impressed with their offense, but nonetheless, their defense did a nice job, even though Jacksonville looked inept at times, mentally and physically. Baltimore, number two, and number one again in the Zaslow Show 2.0 Power Rankings. The San Francisco 49ers, a blowout win at Arizona. No reason right now not to believe they're the best team in the NFL. And they have probably the top two, like I said, MVP candidates. Number five, Cleveland. Number four, Detroit. Number three, Miami. Number two, Baltimore. Number one, the San Francisco 49ers. And that is an updated version of Week 15 Zaslow Show 2.0 NFL Power Ranking. So, we got some, I, I got some uh, some news for tonight, all right? Big deal. Or, if we were doing big deal or not a big deal, this is a big deal. I'm on Amber and Ian again tonight, 7 to 10 p.m., ESPN Radio, SiriusXM Channel 80, the ESPN app, or locally on ESPN FM 106.3 FM in West Palm Beach. ESPN Radio tonight, 7 to 10 p.m., Amber and Ian co hosting alongside uh, the best girl, Amber Wilson, tonight. So, I'm really looking forward to that. That's going to be a lot of fun. Well, I'll obviously bring, a, you know, a Miami flavor to it, but we'll be you'll be able to catch me. You got the local edition of, of Zazzlo Show 2.0 here, and you'll be able to catch me uh, doing a, essentially a national version as, uh, as I'll be in tonight filling in for Ian Fitzsimmons with uh, certainly the best female sports uh, talk shows in the country, Amber Wilson. One of the best overall, of course. So looking forward to hanging out with her tonight. Make sure you listen 7 to 10 p.m. tonight. I'll be filling in. ESPN Radio, alongside Amber Wilson. Let's get to Twitter Jam. Today's edition, this week's edition of Twitter Jam. Yes, it is on the Dolphins. So here we go. This is what I got for you today. Let's start things off with. This is a tweet from Josh Moser. Josh Moser. He's a WSVN Seven uh, sports uh, sports anchor, sports host. All right. And here, you know, he does the segment. On I think it's Sunday nights or uh, no maybe it's maybe it's Monday no I think it's yeah it's Sunday nights you know he took over for Steve Shapiro and Drew Rosenhaus love Drew Rosenhaus he does that segment on Sports Final on, is that what's called Sports Final Sports Extra I don't know he's on Sunday nights and Josh Moser tweets out Tyreek Hill's agent Drew Rosenhaus says that Hill did get an MRI this week on his ankle ultimately it was Tyreek's decision to play or sit. The Dolphins need him as close as 100% as possible. Should he try to go versus the Cowboys or sit again? And here's the clip with Drew Rosenhaus.
1: I was involved throughout the week in talking to Tyreek and getting MRIs and discussing it with the various doctors that were involved. Um, and just giving my perspective to Tyreek. But this was, this was Tyreek's decision, you know, and I'm sure – he weighed a lot of different opinions from his family to his coaches to the trainers to all the people that he works with. But ultimately, it boiled down to Tyreek, and you have to respect uh, Tyreek because uh, he put, in my mind, the team ahead of his individual goals. Missing this game may uh, may allow Tyreek to be available later in the year um, against perhaps better teams or Playoff teams, because you just don't know what would happen if you tried to play today. It was a really risky proposition. Definitely felt like Tyreek and the team made the best decision by not playing today. In hindsight, looked like a great decision because the team won, and they won handily, and Tyreek was relieved. He was happy the team won.
0: This next tweet here, this is from Travis Wingfield. He hosts the Dolphins Drive Time Podcast. We like him. Uh, Travis tweets out, the Dolphins have played the Patriots and Jets ten times with Tua Tagovailoa under center. The Dolphins are ten and zero in those games. That's right. He fucking owns Bill Belichick. I hate his guts, Bill Belichick. To owns you, Belichick? This next tweet here is from Dan Mitchell. Who's Dan Mitchell? He's a, he's an NFL YouTuber. He says he's the co-founder of something called Roundtable Sports. He's a Bills fan, and he tweets out here: Dolphins fans literally are quote not worried. About week 18, when this image exists. And the image, of course, is showing all the games that the Dolphins have played the Bills in their last 11 matchups, with 10 of those 11 Bills victories. Uh, Look, uh, like I told you after the last game early in the season, right now, until proven otherwise, Bills are the Dolphins' daddies. There's no other way to look at it. Next tweet here this is from Finn Central. Finn Central, they uh, they cover the Dolphins, all right, Uh, obviously. And they tweet out, Bradley Chubb has had some dominant games with the Dolphins. Sunday against the Jets was his best one yet. Seven tackles, three sacks, two forced fumbles, quality run defense, and even made a nice play in coverage. He now leads the NFL in forced fumbles and has a career high in tackles with 64. Wow, he's having a pretty good season then. I guess kind of quietly he's having a really good season. How about David Furonis? He covers the Miami Dolphins for the Sun-Sentinel. And he tweets out, Mike McDaniel said he gave all Dolphins players clearance with all due respect to the fine sports journalists that cover the NFL to tell the media to F off over any narrative mentioned about the Dolphins' record against top teams or playoff seeding. Focus is on the Dolphins. Here's the clip.
2: You know, I I, I instructed the players to, um, anything other than uh, concern yourself with um, the the next opponent, which for us is the Dallas Cowboys and, and any other narrative um, that has to do with good teams or um, playoff seeds or the next three game, all that stuff, um, I, I gave them the clearance to tell all members of the media to, with all due respect, <laughs> F off. <laughs> with all due respect. Um, because all we're focused on is the Dallas Cowboys and uh, they, they definitely deserve our attention. So as we clean up our game um, from the previous, we'll be thinking about that and um, the narratives will be what they be um, and not really concerned, know that that's going to exist, but it's really inconsequential for what we're trying to do.
0: So next tweet is from the NFL on CBS and they tweet Cowboys versus Dolphins will be the first game in NFL history between teams with 20-plus combined wins, but one or fewer wins versus teams above 500. Cowboys 1-3 and 3 versus teams above 500, 9-1 versus teams 500 or below. Dolphins 0-3 versus teams above 500, 10-1. Versus teams 500 or below. That's the shit that Mike McDaniel is talking about. This next tweet is from Emmanuel Ocho. He hosts FS1's Speak, which of course stars Joy Taylor. And Emmanuel Acho tweets out, It's a video of Tua Tonga-Bailoa throwing the ball deep to Jalen Waddle. Emmanuel Acho has been a big Tua defender. Quote, Game manager Tua Tonga-Bailoa is 11 for 11 with this 60-yard passing touchdown versus the NFL's number two passing defense. Oh, and he's doing this without Tyreek Hill. Can everybody be quiet now, please? And of course, that's in reference to Cam Newton, who dresses like uh, dressed like an asshole. And talking about Tua Valoa, among a few other quarterbacks being game managers. This next tweet is from the Miami Dolphins official account. And it says here, Dan Marino dives into the fish tank. That's with Seth Levin and OJ McDuffie. You don't want to miss this. So I guess Dan Marino is the latest guest that's appearing with them on the Fish Tank. And here's the clip. I
3: enjoyed it a lot actually, you know, the be around, uh, you know, the team being around the players, the coaches, all of it, you know, Steve Ross our owner, Tom Garfinkel, you know, everybody, Chris Greer our guys. I mean, I just enjoy being around all of them and being a part of something, yeah. you know, that I think is could be very special. Yeah, right? And yeah. and that's what we we're here for yeah, right? right? I mean, that's what—that's why we're here because uh, you want to see everybody do well and you want to see the team do well and all the fans. I'm a fan, you know. Also, I'm, you know, around a lot, but I'm still a fan. Yeah. So I want them to do well. So, I mean, I, I really enjoy The good it.
0: guys at DolphinsTalk.com, they tweet out, New York media is taking the Jets' loss to Miami as expected on Monday. And here's the clip from Boomer and Geo. On WFAN yesterday morning. Because you got guys like Mike McDaniel and Sean McDermott and Bill Belichick when he was still a good coach in the division. And then you got this guy who's basically a statue on the sidelines. There's no goddamn clue what to do to try to fix the thing. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. I mean, Mike McDaniel's walking around with his joggers and his Louis Vuitton sweatshirt running circles around Rob Sala twice. Circles around him. Without his best player, a million injuries, his play caller on defense, without his center. And they're twice <laughs> doing donuts on Rob Sala's lawn with his middle finger up in the air. And then they're just going to bring all these idiots back? No. God. I love it. I love it. And finally one more this is from SiriusXM NFL Radio and it says quote he is quietly having an outstanding season and that's from Rich Gannon saying what he loves to see from QB Tua Tagovailoa and the Miami Dolphins and here's the clip
3: Tua to Tagovailoa Bruce is you know we have this MVP conversation and he he doesn't uh for whatever reason uh you know, make it into that conversation a lot, but he quietly has had an outstanding, and I mean, outstanding season 21 to 24 without Tyreek Hill yesterday. Boy, the ball is out quick. Man, he, there's not a lot of indecision in his game. People say, well, he can't throw the deep ball. He throws a 60 yard shot uh, down the field yesterday, a perfect spiral to Jalen Waddell. I mean, he is, he his anticipation is awesome. And I think this, this coach has done a great job. Uh, building up this kid's confidence. He's got some swagger again. Dolphins, I think, Bruce, can do some damage in the postseason. I really believe that. Uh, people who feel they're a finesse team, uh, you know, can't be physical with you. I, I think this is a team that can do some damage once they get to the postseason.
0: And that right there is another edition of Twitter Jam. All right, that's how it's done. That's how you do Twitter Jam. Take notes. All right, you know what else you need to take notes about? where you want to get yourself your next car. That's right. You know. You don't even need to take notes. It's so easy to remember. I send you to North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, official car dealership of Zaslo Show 2.0. You're going to get that relaxed indoor car shopping experience, or maybe you just want to have your current vehicle serviced. And if that's the case, North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, you're going to be treated like royalty. And they service all makes and models. And with prices less than many of those small shops, you're going to service with confidence at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. Plus, we have an extensive new and pre-owned Subaru inventory. Used cars, trucks, SUVs of every make and model. You're sure to find your next vehicle at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. Plus, all new Subarus and most pre-owned vehicles come with a lifetime warranty so you know that you're covered. And right now at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, you can make zero down payment, make zero payments for three months, and make zero security deposit. Plus, right now at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, it's a big event going on right now. The 2023 Subaru Share the Love event where a portion of all new sales goes to help local organizations in the community. Plus, tons of great offers right now, including... A 2024 Subaru Outback Premium, you can lease for just $321 a month for 36 months with $59.95 due at signing with approved credit, or a new 24 Crosstrek for just $219 a month for 36 months with $54.95 due at signing. Go to NFLSubaru.com, that's NFLSubaru.com for full details, North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, the location you know, and the building you love. Let's get to big deal or not a big deal. All right, we start things off here. I told you last night, the Seahawks get a huge win uh, over the Philadelphia Eagles. Really good moment for Drew Locke. Here was Locke emotional on the field after the game with Lisa Salters.
2: It takes a special group to rally around a guy that, you know's come into his second game of the year, right? Used to the same thing all year long, same cadence same spin of the ball, everything, a team like that, not just the offense, the defense to rally around. Me tonight, man, that was, that was amazing.
1: I see some, I hear some emotion in your voice. Yeah,
2: it's been a long time, it's been a long time. Um, I'm just blessed, I'm just blessed. Blessed with a great group of guys, a great city, great coaching staff, it's just,
0: it's awesome. It's a wow. I'm going big deal. That's a great moment. That's a good job at Elisa Salters with the line of questioning, understanding the situation. And you feel good for Drew Locke because being a backup quarterback, especially when he had high hopes coming out of school, that's a tough situation. So I like that. I'm going big deal. Big deal or not a big deal? So Jonathan Majors, who plays Kang the Conqueror in the MCU, he has been fired fired by the MCU. He is no longer going to be playing Kang, and this happened because he, he's he been involved in a, uh, a domestic situation, and he was found guilty yesterday. Third degree assault and harassment, I believe it was. And he has been fired from the MCU. This has been hanging over him and the, the company, I guess, for at least a year now. And I'm disappointed he was found guilty. I'm disappointed they fired him. I was really hoping he was going to be found innocent. I love him as an actor. And, you know, I like him in that role. Obviously, from a selfish perspective, you know, I want him to continue playing it because he was great. And that's for my entertainment. But they decided they got to let him go. Uh, The whole thing is really disappointing. So I'm going big deal. I don't know if it means that they are going to either recast Kang the Conqueror or if they're going to completely dump it and go in a different direction. So that's obviously the next question. But yeah, I'm going big deal. That's disappointing. Big deal or not a big deal. So you remember uh, former Steelers and Cardinals, I believe, running back Rashard Mendenhall? So Rashard Mendenhall, this was actually a couple days ago. How about this? He tweeted out, I'm sick of average white guys commenting on football. Y'all not even good at football. Can we please replace the Pro Bowl with an all-black versus all-white bowl so these cats can stop trying to teach me who's good at football? I'm better than your goat. All right. Uh, First of all, all all-black versus all-white bowl, like the Race Bowl would get major ratings. Major, major ratings. But number two, uh, it doesn't – you know, it's so stupid. There's no reason to even get upset about it. It's so stupid. But the whole – I'm sick of average white guys commenting on football. Y'all not even good at football. It's the same It's the same thing as I'm sick of hearing people who don't play football talk about football. So if we're going to do that, like, I better not hear Richard Mendenhall talking about anything other than football. He played football. He was good at football. Not great. Played football. He was good at football. I don't know of anything else Richard Mendenhall has ever done. So he better not talk about anything in his life other than football, if we're going to do that. So overall, I'm going, not a big deal. And Although, race ball will get major ratings. And finally, big deal or not a big deal, how about Michael Irvin yesterday on Undisputed, which I don't think anybody watches anymore. And here he is. He, he was putting Sean Payton in his place for the way he behaved, yelling at Russell Wilson.
4: When Bill Parcells and all those guys did it, it came on the news at 11 p.m., and it was gone. You didn't have to deal with it every day. This is a social media era. Russell Wilson, his family, his wife, going to see that every day on social media. Why would you stir that up like this? This is what we mean when we say coaches, are you upstanding? Are you are you ready to coach in this era? Because players ain't going to have that, and they're not going to have that lasting forever on social media. You being berated like that. I've never seen you do it. I don't care how upset you got. I've never seen you do that to Drew Brees and all the years working with him I've never seen you do that to Drew Brees and then you shouldn't do it here I was upset and hurt when I saw Me when I saw Matt Jones take what he took on the sideline but at least they were on the bench they were on the bench and Bill O'Brien was in his ear this was open there are cameras that we, we, we do games we all done games there are cameras this is the quarterback camera. This is the head coach camera. The cameras never leave those two. So you knew that was going to get on and, and be played like this. I, grabbing me in silent, trying to apologize, won't work. You got to do it like no, you wait, did it here. Wait.
0: Yeah, I'm going big deal. I think he's 100% right. I think it's super disrespectful. And I think Sean Payton is clearly an asshole. Like, I think we know that by now. Uh, you, you, you can't talk to your players like that in front of everybody else on camera, especially a quarterback who's accomplished what Russell Wilson has. It's really disrespectful. I'm going big deal. I think Michael Irvin is 100% spot on. And that right there is another edition of Big Deal or Not a Big Deal. I'll tell you what's a big deal. Tune in tonight, 7 to 10 p.m. I'm filling in on Amber and Ian alongside Amber Wilson. I'm very excited. It's my favorite night of the week when I get to do that. So please make sure you listen tonight, ESPN Radio. Today's show was brought to you in part by Bet Online. Thanks everybody who hung out with us. I appreciate you. We're getting closer to the holidays. Christmas this weekend. Come on. Everybody get fired up. We'll talk to you on Sazlow Show 2.0 tomorrow. Know what that means. Ah, the show is over. What better time now than to go out back with a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. That's right. That's what I look forward to after every show. And now my day's work is done. You got special holiday prices on six packs of Johnny Cuba. Make sure you pick up your Johnny Cuba merch as well. We got the hot sauce coming up. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo because more is always brewing.
4: So you've got an idea for a business, the store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out, everything.